thank you all for joining us. It's good to see so many friends and also to meet a few new people. So um, welcome everyone. My name is Gershon Margolis. I'm the founder of Imperial Advisory Outsource CFOs. We're a team of CFOs. Right now we've got four and we work across a whole bunch of different industries and we help our clients make more money, make money smarter, grow their businesses and really get get what they want to get out of business. Um, I'm joined today by Buddy, Simon Buddy Blattner, as I mentioned earlier, and we'll see, I think we may have at least one of our other CFOs joining soon. Um, and in any event, um, we are very pleased to have Nabil. Uh, Nabil actually did a webinar with us previously, and we're so pleased to have him back. Uh, as I probably mentioned last time, Nabil has a different way of talking about marketing, and I've always, always enjoyed talking to him. Perhaps it's because I'm a professor as well, so maybe I just appreciate the whole professor style, but um, I really, I really do enjoy the insights and the depth, and I'm looking forward to learning a lot about pricing today, and I hope that you all enjoy. Thanks again for coming. Nabil, take it away. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thank you for coming. Uh, Gershon, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, to be here. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about how to price new products and uh, services. Okay. Okay, so just to give you, you know, a quick overview, uh, my background is mainly in uh, global marketing and domestic marketing, which I've been doing for the last uh, 38 years. Uh, PPI was established in 1992, initially as an export company. And in 2002, we added the importing services, helped companies from overseas enter the U.S. market. And in 2005, we added the consulting in import-export and also in uh, domestic uh, marketing. So today, you know, we're gonna be focusing a little bit on uh, what we do with uh, pricing. And before, you know, we get into that, I just want to share with you some of the consequences of not paying attention uh, to price 90% of new products introduced do not even make it to the shelf. They basically fail at the wholesale distributor level. They are uh, rejected. And only 12.5% of companies, small, medium, and large, actually have a marketing plan and use it. So uh, I will just give you, uh, you know, Another big issue we are facing, which is something called discount stores that you are all uh, familiar with. So discount stores are mistakes of marketing where companies really failed in the price, the product, the place, and the promotion. So basically, the product did not have proper features that convinced the consumer to buy them. The, the companies had poor distribution, so they were not able to sell the merchandise. They failed in promotion. They didn't entice 
the customer to buy their product and the price was too high and consumer were not willing you know to really pay that price for that so you know just an fyi so what we do today are these you know different areas we work on strategy branding marketing plan and financial analysis which really has to do with the price that we are going you know to explore i'm going to do a quick overview on the four p's before tackling the price you know you really cannot look at what goes into price without addressing what the product is what the service is the cost of distribution cost of promotion so the product is basically known as some as a tangible uh, item tangible means you when you buy that product you can use it whenever you feel like consume it at your leisure take it wherever you go until you know it expires and you discard it so in the product we have you know three core components we need to think about the product platforms which is really the basis of the product that we are putting together that takes us to the actual features that we will incorporate in there and the design has to do with the product itself and packaging as well as well and the different functional features that it has so these are different items different products and you would see that 80% of decisions buying decisions are made by consumers inside the supermarket so package packaging is crucial in that aspect it talks to you it convinces you to buy the product just as an example here you see the chocolate very simple uh, packaging dark chocolate almond with sea salt it's organic you have the weight so the packaging talks to you and it's really essential in you know selling the product services are intangible and which means that we really cannot feel a service touch it take it with us wherever we go and the challenge in services that i will talk about you know shortly is how do we convert this intangible aspect into tangible so for us the professionals who provide services we are basically the product delivering the service so when we work with service companies we need to promote the features of the product that really distinguish them from other service companies the service itself becomes really generic so the differentiation is what you bring to the table and you know thinking about how you promote your services and most importantly the features that you have just great statistics on communication and service face to face over 55% of body language 
is communication. 35% how you say the words and only 10% the actual words themselves. So services are really challenging to succeed, excuse me, to succeed in uh, delivering them. So when we treat, uh, when we train our uh, clientele's customer service departments, we really explain these four core elements of service. Number one, it's intangible. So customer service need to keep in mind how to convert that into tangible, how to focus on the experience that consumers have. It's inseparable. You know, you cannot perform an oil change on your car without taking your car to the shop and being there yourself. Perishable, if you're going away for the weekend in a hotel, it's only during that weekend. And after that, that service, you know, is gone, it expires, it disappears. Extremely important in services, the aspect of variability. When you go see your doctor, if they are in a bad mood, you know, it's unlikely that they will provide that good service you expect and pay attention to details. If you're getting a haircut and your hairdresser is tired or not in a good mood, it will have an impact. So we need to keep that in mind when working with our customer service and you know training them on the professional aspect. So how do we convert intangible into tangible? It really has a lot to do with the concept of experience. When you visit an office, when you visit a store, that experience you have, that companies focus on is really how we convert the intangible into tangible with the environment, with the cleanliness, the professional appearance, the service itself, that it's reliable, it will be consistent from visit to visit. Responsive means your team will get back to customers on, you know, same day or even sooner as opposed to in a week or two. Assurance in delivering the quality of service and most importantly, you know, show compassion in dealing with clientele. So one of the pitfalls in products and services that the cost of service sometimes is not accounted for. All products, you know, provide services. That's why you have an 800 number on the product itself. So that costs money to come over. So we need, you know, to think about the costs and, you know, the impact they have. Okay, the next P is place. Place means distribution. You know, how do you get the product or service from the warehouse or the office in the hands of the end consumer? So what companies do in general, they break down that target market, for example, if it's 
they take that 10% and they break it down in smaller pieces, organize them in similar customers that have similar needs and target them. And then they go after the next segment and the next segment. So we don't go after all the segments at the same time. It will be, you know, confusing and, and backfires in, in the same process. So cost of distribution really involves the distribution channel, meaning the cost that you spend on wholesalers, distributors, and retailers in the, in the delivery aspect that we need to account for in the P of price. So promotion is a big expense for companies. It becomes really fixed and promotion is really what convinces the consumer to buy the product. And you see here, Zoom, Zoom really has nothing to do with the Zoom we are on. It's a, a whitening for the, the teeth. So in promotion, we have, you know, these key different sectors we focus on. And they have evolved over time. Personal selling in the 70s and 80s focused on people going out, you know, following up by phone. And then we added letters. And then with the changes in technologies, we had emails, we had texting, and so on. So we, add, we incorporate different elements as things uh, change. Public relations, this is where the company controls the message to the people and the sales promotion are discounts, coupons, and other things we use to entice consumers to buy and advertising. We're gonna look at that separately. So that's an example of personal selling. This is an ad that says, Real estate is all about personal selling. And I added, so is every service. So in the service industry, we sell ourselves all the time. We basically sell the services we provide on a regular basis. So all these new tools that we have now really fall under advertising. They are not separate or independent. And we use them as, you know, they fit properly depending on the customers and the industry that we are in, which are more relevant. So I put these together for you on purpose. Print ads are still very powerful. Print is still, the, according to statistics, the number one medium in uh, promotion and especially today in the virus environment you know mailing campaigns have been uh, very intensive and successful for companies in reaching their clientele people look at their mail today more so than any other time so the cost of advertising you know varies for Medium to large companies, it ranges from 9 to 
for small businesses, it really goes from two to 5%. And that needs to be allocated in the price as well. Just to give you an idea of how, how expensive advertising is. So when companies offer coupons, discounts on price, the key question I have for them, have they accounted for that cost in the price itself? Meaning that they add the cost of, of coupon in the price for each single item that they sell. If not, it, it will go out of their bottom profit line and cause a problem. Okay, so now we come to our, uh, you know, big task of the day, pricing. So price is you know, simply what you pay for the product that you buy or the service that you buy, expecting what we call features, what the product offers or service and benefits, what you get out of it for that money that you put out there. So the role of price, guys, is to cover the costs of all the four keys. It has to pay for the cost of product and service. It has to pay for the cost of place, the cost of promotion, and the cost of price, which is the profit that you plan on making. So when we look at pricing, the first thing we do in the strategy aspect with our clients is ask these questions. How do you plan to position yourself in the market and why? Who will you compete against and how? What is your value offering in your product or service? And I'm gonna give you answers to all these questions in the coming slides. I just wanted to put it out there, you know, food for thought. So the first things we look at is when we think of pricing is competition. What are competitors selling similar products or services with similar features and similar benefits in the marketplace? When I say similar, it means basically identical. And we, if we have additional, that becomes a competitive advantage in that aspect. So the second component that helps us in determining what price, what range to be in, is what the market can take. So the price floor means the lowest price for that product or service versus the highest price. And when I'm talking about price, I'm also thinking of the actual product or service the distribution and promotion all combined together. We really don't work on one P without the other. Your fixed and variable cost means we review your income statement for the year and look at the expenses that you have in the business. The cost of coverage, that geog geographical area you decide to sell your product or service in, the cost that you will incur 
and how much revenues, sales, you think you will get out of this. So value, we will be talking about that shortly, but just to give you an idea of what we work on in value. Okay, these are two very interesting concepts we work on that really our competitors don't touch on much is positioning and differentiating. So positioning means who you're gonna be competing against price-wise, product-wise, service-wise in the marketplace. Which niche are you going to be focusing on and who are these target consumers that you are going after? So we need to figure these things out before doing the actual pricing. And the differentiation has a lot to do with the competitive advantage. That's another service we provide when we work on strategy. Really the first thing we do is figuring out the competitive advantage of the business that we are working with. So the value offering is a key and differentiation point is something that the competitors cannot easily copy or imitate. And it's really crucial for the growth of the business and sustained profit over time. As you have that value and consumer buy it and value is also tied to the experience that clients have, customers have in the actual product and or service. So charging a price really has a lot to do with the positioning in the market and how you will compete. Again, key components in the pricing strategy that we address and work on as well. So I'm gonna give you very specific examples to explain uh, positioning. These are retail prices, usually in products. When I say the retail price is $1.99, it means the price the company sells at is a dollar. We really allow 100% markup for the wholesaler, distributor, retailer, including the cost of promotion, advertising, all of that, that has to be allocated in that dollar that we start at. So when we do positioning, we really go back to the actual product or service, figure out the features and benefits that are being offered, the geographical area that we are targeting and who are the, the competitors in that specific sector and what we are going to be doing promotion wise and whether we decide at the dollar 99 2.99 or 3.99 it's really based on the offerings of the products and or service i gave similar example you know in service as well so before you know finishing the price itself the core question we ask is who do you want to be when you grow up? Meaning, what are you gonna be adding in new products or services in the next phase? So marketing plans look at five year 
projections and you know introduction of new products and and services so it's not only that first item it's what's coming next and what presence we will have in the market and you know what we will be adding in in revenues uh, as well okay i get you know these are just generic different products that i put together and the point here i i wanted to convey that each item is a separate product even if they are introduced by the same company even if they are closed in pricing they all go through the process of introduction position positioning differentiation figuring the price they all have different consumers and different markets that you are targeting okay so getting into you know the bits and pieces of price the first part we look at is the physical cost of making the product or the physical cost of providing the service the second aspect the investment we've made in the business and or the loan that you took out and you're making payments on regular basis the next are the fixed and variable costs and when we look at these costs guys it's for the full year and from the full year we determine the cost per unit of the product and or service so i gave just some examples food for thought examples will be warehousing costs shipping costs selling expenses such as commission that you pay for sales people travel other support costs depending on the industry that you are in now i also incorporated service costs separately because a lot of times companies that provide products do not take into consideration the cost of service which not only involves customer service but also involves any returns any defects and so on and so forth that has to be you know accounted for and if you can find that accurately you can add a percentage to cover these things warranty cost will depend on the product if you're selling watches or air condition they have warranties that come with them that cost money if you have you know to make repairs or car companies that make recalls the recalls in lots of cases eat up the profits the profit here means you know how much what's the percentage of profit that you want to allocate that you incorporate in the price and the volume that you have to sell which is really that break even point that you need to look at and then also any additional cost we did not pay attention to for the other three pieces that you know we review as well so training is you know part of pricing as well and of course cost money 
but the training for employees has to be on all the four Ps. We don't only focus on selling based on price. It will be a losing proposition. We also have to explain the value, deliver the experience, make sure that customers you know, appreciate the experience that they have and promote that culture that as a small business, you know, if you give back to local communities, if you do other activities, you know, you communicate that on a regular basis. And especially today in the new environment we have, how do you deal with clients so that you make sure you have them, <clears throat> excuse me, that you have them on long-term basis lifetime customers are essential meaning they will buy that product or service over and over again and come back and also come back and buy the new products and services that you will be introducing okay i'm gonna open the floor for questions The bill, I have a question. Yes. How has the pandemic affected uh, what you spoke about here today? Well, it, it had a big impact in a way. Uh, you can see, especially pricing today is getting to be very haphazard. I mean, I notice, especially in stores, every time you visit, the retail price is something different. They are not sure, you know, not because of the cost, but how much more they want to make in, you know, in, in, in profits. And especially restaurants that are increasing their costs substantially as opposed to focusing on increasing the volume. So it, you know, it has changed a lot of that. We see retail prices have jumped at least by 20% on, on the average. What the result will be, you know, we will know soon enough when consumers will buy less of certain things as a result. That disposable income is the same. It hasn't gone up by 20%. There's definitely a shortage in my industry, steel, and, and our prices are only good for five days now. So, and, we, and you can't get material in a lot of cases. I think there is also a problem of mismanagement by companies when it comes to you know looking at everything I spoke about today, especially in the supply chain end of it. You know, as opposed to delivery as well. Yeah, I'm curious um, when you when you mentioned that the advertising budget was, I think I took a screenshot of it, nine to twelve percent of the annual budget. Um, and, and my question is very similar to John's when um, right now with the costs of, I think everything out, out of very distorted, what are you seeing? Are you think, do you think people are cutting back or maybe expanding a little bit? Well, in, you know, it, it depends on the industry. Larger companies are more or less, you know, in that same range. You still see that same advertising, you know, on TV, on radio, online, but smaller businesses, 
you know, have been uh, cutting back. Uh, they really don't have that access as much. And in lots of cases, they also don't allocate budget. It's done more, you know, haphazardly. You know, it's like, okay, we want to be on Facebook, let's spend that much and see what kind of result we get. So it's a lot of hit and miss as opposed to incorporating that in their cost and say, this is a budget we can spend in different areas. How can we get, you know, maximize benefits out of that? Could you- um... that, That's really the problem in, you know, picking a number as opposed to working on price. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, th uh, this is actually really uh, helpful. Uh, I think this is really great, thank you. Could you talk a bit about product differentiation when it comes to purely digital uh, products? How that would work? Okay, so uh, are you asking about a service or a digital product that you sell, like a cell phone, for example? Um, yeah, more like uh, a digital product that would be software-based, like three dollars. Okay, so a month. That, that becomes more of a service because I would think it's a membership, you know, that you buy monthly or yearly or, or you know, whatever uh, the case may be. And and this is why you may have noticed in that slide I put the combination of art and science. So yeah. there is a lot of art in positioning and figuring out you know, really how to promote yourself as a company. It doesn't make a difference if you sell toothpaste or you sell software. So really the concept here is combining the product with the service and most importantly with you, the company. It, that's really what you are selling. You're not just, see, the, the challenge in services, they are very generic. And people don't realize that. So, you know, a realtor is a realtor is a realtor. You know, a financial advisor and so on, a banker. What's gonna differentiate them, you know, is working on the features that they have, their experience, their background, their expertise, and the delivery of that. So that's where positioning comes in and the art in putting these things together. Go ahead, Scott. I have a question, um, if I may. Um, I personally believe that we are entering an inflationary spiral. And to John's point, I mean, Ford and GM literally announced a couple of weeks ago they'd be shuttering some plants temporarily because they can't get the semiconductors. As you were presenting, Coke, Procter & Gamble, uh, you know, they, they all started saying that they're raising prices. How does one um, not only add flexibility to the budget for advertising and positioning, but how do they not wind up in a catch-22 when they price something if we're in an inflationary upward spiral. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make this complicated, but my gut is telling me that I, for one, wouldn't want to price something that 
three months down the stretch because the cost of what I need to produce my product has gone up so dramatically that I'm losing margin or I'm losing money or breaking even. Okay. Does that make we, sense? Okay, we are already, you know, in, in the midst of inflation, not we will be. Everything is more expensive. Gasoline went up by 50%. We were below $2, we're almost at three. Retail prices, you know, have gone up 15 to 20% on the average, on everything. What, what may happen, a lot of consumers may shift to private labor. Private labor is still very competitive. And that's how large companies will pay the price by just raising as opposed to being competitive. Buddy, you had a question? Yes, thanks. Um, the art versus science thing is something I've been talking about for a long time. But uh, when I had my business, I tried to use my P&L to set the price. And for two years, I didn't get any business didn't get any new business because I was trying to make sure that I was covering all those things. And I hired a very wise sales manager who said to me, buddy, you don't set the price, the market sets the price. How do you respond to that in the context of trying to make sure that you're covering your costs and were my costs just too high? Or do I just have a different expectation of what I'm doing? So can you talk about that for a second and I'll mute? Yes, uh, uh, absolutely. You know, salespeople focus on price only. They want to sell and beat the competition. It doesn't work this way. If, if you want to promote your product or service and you don't talk about how good they are, why they are better and they're only cheaper, you're already, you know, losing the battle before starting. So, in order to compete on price, you have to interject value. So the value really takes away the discussion of price. You, you know, you and I met and I told you I've done export. My products were on the high end, more expensive. I've never discussed pricing. It was the last thing that ever, you know, I would allow ever to come up. After they were convinced of the value, then you put the price on the table, it becomes very reasonable. Buddy, were you selling a commodity at the time or were you selling something where you could have had pricing power or? I was, so, well, so it, it was complicated. I was selling special small parts that I was making overseas, but the, the customer perceived the product that I was selling, which was a bank with inventory as a commodity. So even though any, no, not everyone could make a screw that goes into a rainbow sprinkler head, the perception was that the suite of products, the 20 or so products that are provided to Rainbird, were really just the, were, were commodities that anybody could make. But it wasn't true, but they saw it as I was a supply chain expert, not a expert in making small parts. Could you have just waited? and said, see if you can find it somewhere else. I mean, if they, if they couldn't find it somewhere else, then you're not a commodity, then they have to come around to your pricing. So that kind of OEM selling 
Um, they, if you try to raise the price, they put you in what they call the penalty box, which means that they don't, um, they wouldn't give you any more quotes to look at, and they might not accept your, they may take your item off the list until you sort of work it out. And then you become, you come into a supply chain squeeze because they can never get it as fast as they want because it's hard to make. They will eventually get it. But the problem is, is that, you know, you're going to have to figure out a way to help them because you also have 19 other products. It was very tricky. So what did you do in the end? Uh, what we did in the end was to get new business, we priced it with the market. And then we figured out a way to make more money on the product as we went forward. So the only way to get a new $3 million account was to go buy it and then figure out how to make it and how to make it profitably. So you were taking Nabil's approach for a long-term pricing, but in the short term, you were buying it. Yeah, I mean, we probably, you know, let's say that we were making parts for a breaking company in Yuma, Arizona. Um, we might have taken that at a 5% overall margin when we needed 10. And then we said, how are we going to figure out how to get to 10? Uh, and we did, by the way. Alrighty. Now, Bill, any, any closing thoughts that, or any final questions? I'll share something. This is Diane. I had a client who um, said he, he was a sprinkler company in New Jersey. And when he advertised that he did a major commercial property in New York City. He, he said he started to get a lot more inquiries and he raised his price like double. He says, I can't believe how, you know, doing one large project like that and bringing attention to it and let people know in his advertising that, um, you know, that he was at that new level and he started to charge a heck of a lot more and he was killing it just from that one. So just want to know your thoughts on that, Nabil. If uh, people are using, if they're able to, of course, using names of high-valued clients, that would bring them even, you know, I guess more authenticity. Well, it's it's not necessarily authenticity, but more recognition that they delivered that service and they were able to do it. And that adds value in what they bring to the table. So really... You know, he was really promoting the value of his service that he provided to larger clientele. So smaller clientele recognized that they are good at what they do. And the price was not an issue anymore. So that was really what, what I was saying earlier. If you promote that value more, you know, pe people won't discuss much, you know, the, the actual cost because they will focus on the benefits that they are getting and you know the rewards that it will uh, it will generate for them definitely thank you
यवर खान एनी अदर क्वेश्चन गाइस The three dots, click save chat, and then click show in folder. And then it'll open up the folder. Yeah. Then you open that in Notepad and copy it to wherever you need it. All righty. Thank you all for joining us this week. Thank you, Nabil, for an amazing, Thank you. amazing webinar and for teaching us all a lot about pricing. Um, I enjoyed it very much. I hope you all did. As I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to be having another webinar in two weeks where we'll have Buddy, who's one of our CFOs, will be speaking along with John Cosgrove, who's here, and Danny Kaplan, who is not here today, but who probably sent this webinar to a lot of you. Um, and you're talking about the one on uh, May 4th? May 4th, that is correct. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Now I'm going to register. Thank you. All righty. Thank you very much. That was really very, very well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you all. And have a have a great day. Thank you.